Hey, what's up there, guys? Cole Wright alongside my guy, Ryan Shazier, and our special guest, Kalen Jones. And we're taking a look at all this COVID stuff circling around in the NFL, from the Steelers-Ravens delays to the ugly quarterback situation in the Rockies of Denver, Colorado. And then later, we're going to take a look at the awful coaching that's going on league-wide and who's on the hot seat. All that and more coming up next on the Tuesday edition of the Ringer NFL Show. Today's episode of the Ringer NFL Show on the Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by State Farm. Getting great car and home insurance from State Farm at a surprisingly great rate? Well, that's like drafting a player that becomes an all-pro. The real deal. State Farm agents provide personalized service so you can customize your insurance to fit your needs, like a GM putting together their very own roster. You need a team that supports you, and State Farm's got a great one. In addition to agents, the award-winning mobile app helps manage coverage, pay bills, file claims, and more. With a great price and even greater service, State Farm goes from strength to strength. Choose insurance that always brings its A-game. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. Yeah, it's time to get rolling. Kaylin Jones is here, as is Ryan Shazier, as always. And uh, fellas, I haven't talked to you or seen you cats since Thanksgiving. So, Kaylin, man, I'm going to start with you. How was your turkey day, man? It was pretty chill. Didn't have any turkey, but I had some you know, mashed potatoes and, and mac and cheese. Pretty good. <laughs> no, no, no turkey? Did you? No, no, no turkey. Pro- Did oh, not okay. try to cook any turkey. Okay. Let's try to stay away from file marshal bill. Is that microwavable, Matt? Uh, <laughs> No, I, I I made mac and cheese for like the second time in my life. It came out all right from scratch. Yeah. From ain't my scratch. grandma? Yeah, I ain't my grandma. But okay. all right, that's good. Cool. Right. how about you, Ryan? How, I'm gonna, how let, you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you go first. I'm gonna let you go first. Are you gonna let me go first? Yeah. Oh, I mean, my Thanksgiving was fantastic. I mean, I made a turkey from scratch, grew, grew the turkey in my own backyard, and everything. <laughs> no, 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 not not Raised really, it. but exactly, you know. But they, they had a deal on turkeys, you know. I, I, I cook my turkey with pineapple juice, pineapple juice and, yep. and an assortment of fine seasonings. You keep pouring that pineapple juice over every half an hour, flip it over about halfway through. Moist, most moist turkey you'll ever, you'll ever indulge in, Ryan Chazier. Uh, well, the, the one part of my Thanksgiving was great. You know, my mom and dad came in town. We mm-hmm. had a great Thanksgiving. Uh, my mom always get a turkey from Honey Baked Ham. It's, you know, it's kind of weird. It's Honey Baked Ham, but they have turkeys. But, it's delicious. But it was it was really good. It was like a Cajun turkey. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, some ham, you know, mac and cheese. We had we had baked beans. We had uh, uh, green bean casserole, corn Ooh. pudding. We had yeah. It was it was great. It was great. And then and then I watched uh, uh, one hideous football game, and then um, and then the other one was <laughs> all right, but it was still. Pretty bad. It was two pretty bad football games. And then I was expecting <laughs> to watch another one, but they didn't fucking play. So uh so that that's my that's my Thanksgiving. That's, that's yeah, my Thanksgiving. Uh, that's gonna lead us r- right into that one, the game that, that 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 did not go down. I mean, but you said Cajun turkey, and I'm still upset with Popeyes because I went and tried to get a Cajun turkey from Popeyes and no, nothing doing. But uh as you Ryan drops those, those Yeah, yeah. You try, you try to no, get a turkey you, from Popeyes on Thanksgiving? No, I went a few days before. They were already oh. all sold out. You have to go oh, about saying. a month and a half in advance yeah, if you really want to get, get one of those Cajun turkeys. But uh, that's here nor there because we, we, we heard that. we heard Ryan with all that adult language 
talking about that game <laughs> that got postponed <laughs> on Thanksgiving Day. And uh, probably we hear all that emotion because it's his Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers and Ravens postponed not once, not twice, but thrice, Ryan. And now we're going to see it on a Wednesday afternoon, just after the three o'clock hour on the East Coast, man. And you want, hey, does everybody know why this game is at 3.40 p.m.? Please tell me why. I, I do. you know why? Do you know I, why? I know why. I know why. Yeah. Yeah, Kayla, you Christmas know what? trees. Yeah, because Christmas trees are more oh, important than bomb. football. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh! So we are sacrificing <laughs> football for Christmas trees out here. This is this is ridiculous, man. Like the best team in the NFL, and I don't care what nobody says. I know Tyreek Kill had an amazing day, but they're undefeated. So you have to go. They're the best team right now. The best team in the NFL had to change their game four times because some people don't want to follow the rules, you know. And I, it's just. To me, it's just frustrating, man. Everybody, I was thinking about having a wonderful Christmas, Thanksgiving with my family. You know, the Steelers are gonna play. It was, it was gonna be cool. I was gonna have a little special at halftime. It was kind of gonna be cool, but I wasn't even worried about that. But I just wanted to see some great football. Steelers, Ravens. Now we're seeing them on a Wednesday. Like this is worse than Mac football. Like we're they're playing with people <laughs> at work. Like people in California, it's gonna be their lunchtime when we're playing football. Like this is crazy. Like what's going on? Like I just I just don't understand. I just I just don't understand. Well, Ryan, I, don't don't hate because I, I have the day off and I will be watching that, no, no, that game I'm, in the I'm middle of the day. Be, I'm gonna be watching it too. I'm I'm gonna be watching it. But like yeah. like imagine if you're a construction worker and you're like man. I can't wait till Sunday to watch this game. I'm a Steeler fan. And you 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 work in California. And now you're like, damn, I got to work on this damn road. And I can't even watch this damn football game because they want to play it before some goddamn Christmas trees. Like, <laughs> so this is all, like, I just don't understand. Like, I'm just so frustrated right now. And then I don't, I'm not frustrated really at the Ravens. I'm, I'm frustrated at just one guy. And I don't even know the coach's name. But I'm just so frustrated at him. Like, this is so irresponsible, bro. Like, I, I, I don't like wearing a mask. And then I was on a plane with a guy who didn't like wearing a mask. And he was complaining the whole time he was on a plane. But I think it was just because his breath stunk. But, <laughs> but like, but is that honestly, Bilal from House Party? Hey, dragon breath. <laughs> dragon breath. <laughs> but, like, and they, bro, like, you, you got to be serious, man. Like, he just gave 23 people COVID. And then think about their families. Like, and then now we can't even play a football game. And then if we do play it, it's in the middle of the day when 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 re- people are going to their little kids' football practice. Like, what's going on? Like, this it's crazy. Like, yeah, Steve Saunders, if I'm not mistaken, uh, strength and conditioning coach for the Baltimore Ravens, walking around the facility, maskless. That's something you just cannot do, and that's the reason why we've seen this game delayed, delayed, delayed. And you know, you talk about the log jam. I mean, Kalen, when, when you think about all the other teams that are going to be affected by this, and we've seen it. There's going to be three games on Monday Night Football. Yeah, so th- it's weird because, you know, like you mentioned, they're going to have the, the doubleheader on Monday night, and then they literally, what, last minute they pushed the Ravens yeah, that, and Cowboys. Right. My, my mistake, my mistake. Exactly. No, you're, you're good. You're good. But, I mean, that, but that's the thing. I mean, the fact that we have to keep up with this is annoying, you know, in and of itself. It's weird because, you know, in October, you know, I remember reading from Mike Silver on NFL.com, like, there was an article where he talked about how likely it was that week 18, that extra buffer week, that the NFL was going to have to use was so likely of being used. Yeah, and shout, now shout we out get, to Mike Silver too. There's probably going to be a week 18. <laughs> <laughs> but Love Mike at Silver. the time, at the time it made sense because they're doing this on the fly. So at the, at the time it made sense. Now, a month later, we're like completely pushing back. The NFL was completely, 
you know, unwilling to utilize that extra week for whatever reason, money, whatever money's involved there. But it's just really strange because logically you would think it just makes sense to, you know, add that extra week instead of having all of this rearranging last minute. Because I don't know, I'm not an NFL player, Ryan, but I would assume it takes a little bit more than, you know, a week or not, not just a week, like three or four days where you're learning like who your opponent is going to be and how much practice time you're getting. I can't imagine, you know, at this point, it's going to be 10 days since the Seahawks last played. So they got an additional bye week. So the thing that's so crazy is, right, when you prepare to play on a Thursday, you play Sunday, you know, then you have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know. So Sunday you play. You have Monday off or Tuesday Mm -hmm. off, but most people have Monday off for this, this short week. Then you have Tuesday, Wednesday. Tuesday and Wednesday, you're not wearing any pads, and you have a like you're like steaming through what you're learning for that week, you know. But the Steelers and Ravens already played, so they kind of know each other. Now it's like, bro, I could have just been preparing like I'm playing y'all ass for a Monday night game, you know what I'm saying? Like they're playing right. on Wednesday, like 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 you don't understand. Like these guys stopped practicing last Wednesday, and now they're playing Wednesday. It's like like you said, it's like another bye week, and it's. And for a lot of guys, they really don't want to push it, they continue to push it back. Because if you continue to push it back, and then I know one thing, a lot of guys want to play. Because if if the game gets canceled or the Ravens forfeit or anything, then that means guys aren't going to get paid. So mm, yeah. you do your job, you know, maybe one or two people on your team get COVID. Okay, that's cool. You know, but the rest of us are, we're following the protocol. We should still get paid. These guys over here aren't following the rules. Now all my stuff is getting messed up. All my games are getting changed, you know, and now they're talking about it's a possibility if this game gets canceled that, you know, they push it back or it could be a 16-team playoff and the Steelers don't get a bye. It's just like it's too much It's too much going on over here and it's, just, it's really frustrating to guys that's trying to play football. Like, imagine you've done everything right. Obviously, this happens in the world, like, this happened to me. I've done everything right. I got hurt. You know, it, things happen. But you do everything right, and then you get you, your opportunity come up. Then they're like, oh, you can't play today. Well, wait till tomorrow. Oh, you can't play tomorrow. Wait till tomorrow. Well, oh, you can't play tomorrow. It's like, damn, like, when, when are we going to play? Like, like yeah. it's like, and it's just, it's really frustrating. And now, guys, everybody's just like, man, just suck it up. Go play. And it's like, if you had a job, and they're like, hey, uh, I need you to come in and work at seven. You're like, all right, I'll be there at seven. At six o'clock, they're like, nope, I don't need you here. Go, go back to I'll come back tomorrow. It, but you're already at work. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, and then it, it just it, it keeps happening to these guys, and these guys, it's just and day, it's, it's their livelihood, their lives. It's just it gets it gets frustrating because at the end of the day, it's it's like the, like I haven't done anything wrong, and I have to you know suffer from this. So. Yeah, you know, one team that I'm sure has to be unbelievably frustrated is the Denver Broncos because we saw the outbreak and the close contact proximity tracing, we, all of the above with, with their quarterback room, and then we saw Kendall Hinton called into service. You know, the the Wake Forest wide receiver who had never played a game in the league, but there it is, his opportunity rolled out right in front of him with that red carpet. But it wasn't as a wide receiver. It was as a quarterback. And we've seen, you know, that outpouring of support from around the league. I mean, he was one for nine through two picks. And, you know, Ryan, we talked about it. You said you only get that one shot to make that rookie impression. And a lot of people, the impression that they're going to get from Kendall Hinton is that, you know, he had a, a subpar quarterbacking performance. And the dude's not even a quarterback. It's only one person in the in the whole world that had a better, a worse showing than, than Denver this weekend. And it was Nate Robinson. 
And oh man! <laughs> oh, oh and, no! And, uh, I, start, the thing is, I started singing church hymns when he got knocked out that upper room. But the thing is, all all I'm saying, man, all I'm saying is like they really set him up for failure because he like like I, I read something like he was doing sales a month ago. Then they they brought him to practice squad, and then they're like, "Hey, you're playing quarterback." Guys know in the NFL, in any sport, any guy in the G League on the practice squad or whatever, like you're just waiting for your opportunity to just go on that field and play. Mm-hmm. And he was he was grinding to be re- or be a receiver. You know, Wake Forest, they felt he'll be a better receiver. That's why they moved him in college. They they, you know, they, they didn't think he was the right quarterback. But now I'm practicing receiver, and I see guys when I was playing practice their ass off. And sometimes they might play scout team quarterback if you're practicing against a Lamar yep. or, or you're practicing a Kyler Murray, you're like, I got to, this guy is a shifty guy, you know, so they pit a receiver at quarterback. But, like, he throws in in practice, but you're like, like, they'll never pit that guy in the game. And then, and that's what Denver just did, you know. And I'm not saying that uh, hitting, like, it wasn't, he had a bad performance, but at the end of the day, it was just like, if he couldn't say no, like, it, yeah. like, if somebody came to you and all you want to do is play, you can't say no. So he went out there and just like, man, I'm gonna give everything I got and went one for nine with two picks. It's just like I, I feel bad for him because that's the impression that people have on him, you know. When like obviously nobody would ever let him play quarterback for them ever again. But like hopefully somebody would give him a chance at receiver because that's not even his fault. I, I feel yeah. like he, they just was like, like the coaches had their eyes closed and were just pointing in the room like, hey, you playing quarterback like. And he didn't get he didn't get to practice the, any plays with the team. He haven't practiced quarterback since college. And then they're like, "Hey, you're our starting quarterback today." They're like, "He probably he probably went to sleep like, yo, what the hell is going on?" Like, w- like he woke <laughs> up like everybody's like, "Hey, you ready?" He's like, "Yeah, uh, I, I, I guess." Like, it's, really. <laughs> it's like it's like putting a pastry chef on chops. Like, hold on a second, man. Can we, I need the dessert round first. I, I can't do appetizers. Like, I'm a pastry chef, but like like you said, nobody had a worse weekend. Then, then Kendall Hinton, then Nate Robinson. Uh, Kaylin, I don't know if you saw Nate Robinson, but I mean, oh, I, I I, he still might be asleep. Yeah, he might be, man. That sucks because yeah. I, I was a big fan of his. But I mean, like to, to Ryan's point, though, you know, like re- <laughs> you say, regarding- like you're no longer a fan of Nate Robinson. That sucks. I was a big fan of his. No longer. Hey, I, I'm still a fan because look at I, I as someone who is not a. Uh, I'm vertically challenged, right? That that's what the saying is. Nate Robinson is a hero for everyone under five foot ten. Yeah, so. true. Facts. <laughs> oh, okay. Still a hero. Can't, you're not a tall dude, Kaylin. I mean, basketball. from from these Zoom meetings, you look like you're you're a tall, slender cat. Not a tall dude. <laughs> I'm a slender cat. I ain't tall. I wish. Okay. All right. <laughs> I think I think it's the hair, bro. I think it's the hair. Okay. We both don't have any hair, so it's you know. <laughs> but Kaylin, when, when you look at the, the the set of circumstances that mm-hmm. Kendall Hinton was presented with, like Ryan said. You know, if you get that that ask, they say, hey, uh, oh, by the way, all of our quarterbacks are down. We want you to call some plays out here and go out here and make something happen. If if you say no, I mean, in the back of your head, you could think, well, m- maybe they'll think I'm, I'm not a team guy, that I- I'm not willing to make right. things work, and they'll never come back to me again. Right, that, and I mean, you, you like, like Ryan said, you don't really have a choice in that position. And, se- you know, secondly, he's never going to get that chance ever again, which is really cool to see in, in that kind of storybook aspect this is something straight out of a sitcom or some comedy movie or something like that <laughs> right, where you have like, some random practice <laughs> squad dude who was great in high school get this shot in the nfl it, you know it didn't work out but 
you know, to that point, it goes to so, it goes back to, you know, everyone else on the planet who is not a superior athlete, who thinks that they can play and just walk in and, and play quarterback right, with three right. passes. Like, Zach Cram had this really great tweet from, from Ringer. He, he mentioned how Kendall Hinton was a state championship quarterback. That man went into an NFL game and completed just one of nine passes with a pick. So everyone else on the planet who was sitting from their couch. Two picks. And, and, <laughs> two picks. Yeah. <laughs> it, state championship, though. Al yeah, Bundy, exact, poke high. Exactly. No, and the thing is, and, and I totally agree with you. The thing is, he's a mm-hmm. world-class athlete. Like, that's mm-hmm. what's great. Exactly. That's what I was going to get at. You know, look at 6% of at high school athletes play in college. And then when you look at the NFL, I mean, it, it goes from, I think, 6, 6% in, that 29, in the 2019 NFL draft, only 6.8% of SBS players ended up making it to the NFL. You are in, I, you know, my, my saying is always that NFL players and professional athletes in general are the 1% of the 1%, yep. you know? And I guess it's a little bit of exaggeration based on stats. But regardless, if you're ever going to say a player sucks, that's relative. And I put that in quote, air quotes. Like, that is relative to playing against elite premier athletes. I was right. looking at Ryan Shazier. I was looking at your mock draft uh, or your draft uh, profile when you, from what you performed at the combine. You ran a 4.36. That was in the 99th percentile. You had a 42-inch broad jump, which is in the 97th percentile. Like these are ridiculous ass athletes, and you're six foot one and two hundred thirty pounds. I'm foot five foot seven and one hundred thirty pounds. I could probably run a four eight forty if I'm lucky. <laughs> That's terrifying. No, and the thing is, and the thing is, like people really don't respect it. Like I remember, I remember, like it was so funny. Like I was, I went back home and I was just playing catch with my cousin, and it was like, man, Ryan, like, uh. Man, like I'll route you up or something like that. So I was like, I'm like, all right, whatever, bro. Like obviously, I because I play linebacker, so that's like, man, you linebacker, you can't cover me. I'm like, okay, we get to the line, boom, boom, jam him in the chest. He's like, bro, why you hit me so hard? I'm like, bro, I'm just like, what are you talking about? I, I barely tapped you. Then he, he can't get off the line. Then I get the ball and then I shake him and they're like, dang, bro, I didn't even know you could do all that. I'm like. I'm 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 not no bum out here. Like I'm not no bum. Like I don't just because I play linebacker doesn't mean I'm not good at every other position too. It just it's just other people that are elite at that, and I'm elite at yeah. this. Like one of my best friends, he always be like, "Man, Ryan, one on one situation, I'll run you over, I'll shake you." I'm like, I was like, "Ham." I was like eight out of I'm like eight out of ten times if we have open field, you can have the whole field. I'm gonna tackle you the whole field. <laughs> and he's like, "Hell no!" I'm like. You can have the whole field. I'm like, I promise you eight out of 10 times. He's like, I'll probably shake you seven out of 10 times. I'm like, you, you, do you not remember I was a t- top five linebacker in the NFL? Like this, yeah. that is my job. <laughs> like, you know, and people, people just, people just think it's easy out here. Like they play Madden and they just yeah. run the same plays and like, yeah, I can shred dudes up. No, like this is not, no, you can't, you can't do that. It's not, no. you, 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 you are at home. For a reason, it's, it's some guys that miss their opportunities, but most people are at home are, for a are reason. not are not those people that miss their opportunities. And yeah, I, I think a lot of people yeah. forget, like, oh, yeah. you're a defender, you can't do this, you can't do that. But uh, your main objective <laughs> is to stop the guys who can do this and can do that. So chances are, yeah, you guys are sitting there in, in the same boat, paddling up the same stream. And uh, I know you talked about quarterbacks and, and, and players and coaches that quote unquote that suck. Well, uh, we're going to get to those guys in just a second because some of those coaches whose seat may be heating up right about now, yeah, that's coming up next. 
This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. All right, we're talking about some of those coaches uh, who are, are feeling that temperature rise underneath that backside. And, uh, you know, we talked about coaches that that quote-unquote suck. And I'm not going to say that these guys suck because in order to get a job, you have to be efficient at at least the interview process and at least tricking someone into giving you a job. And uh, what we're seeing right now in East Rutherford, that's exactly what happened. Not only did Adam Gase trick the New York Jets into giving him a job, he tricked the Miami Dolphins. And right now he's thriving. He's looking around, seeing all these guys getting canned. And Kalen, he's sitting there being like, whew, I still have a job. Cool. Everything's all right. We've got five weeks to go. Let's see if I can ride this one out. Bro, he's he's really chilling, man. He, he's, that's, that's what I was saying. Like, he, he's he's going to make it through the season. That's intentional. The Jets need the number one pick. Yeah. You know, they're, they go through with their whole revamp or whatever plan they've got in place, you know, to get back to being a respectable franchise. You know, Gase in, his, in itself, you know, in, for his part, you know, he hasn't, I, I feel like we've known this was coming for a while. You know, even before coming into this year, he was always on kind of the brink of being like, oh, especially at this point where you have kind of a, I wouldn't say weekend AFC East, but the the door is open with the Patriots not being as dumb as they used to be. And the Jets are just still floundering away at the bottom, not just within the division, but the entire NFL. Yeah. And I mean, you're taking a look at them and he kept Ryan. I, I saw his press conference and they were asking him about who was calling plays. Was it him or was it Dow Loggins? Or they're sitting there and he's like, uh, yeah. And uh, it, it looked like me when I, I didn't do something back in the day and I was getting questioned by my dad. Uh, hey, man, why did you take out the garbage? Why did you clean your room? Uh, uh, because uh, a tornado came through and uh, the sirens went off. Just making stuff up, lying. I was in the bathroom. Uh, yeah. You blame your siblings. Uh, the phone rang. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Man, to me, it's just like how he just—he's just chilling at his house. Like, man, I'm chilling in New York. I don't give a damn if I win or lose. Like, I still got my job. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on over there. I, I honestly think they have a master plan. I think he really just went to the owner and was like, "Hey, I'm gonna come here, and I'm gonna get us these these early picks. We're gonna rebuild this squad. This this has this has to be a joke. Like, he has to really be taken. Like, because." Like he he's a terrible coach. Like he, I, I'm I'm sorry. Like I'm I just don't like throwing shots. But I'm 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 starting to throw him now. Like he's, he's not he's good not, at coaching. He's tackle not good football. at He's not uh-huh. good at coaching. He might not be good at coaching flag either. I don't know what's going on. But he <laughs> I don't I don't understand how he keep getting jobs, man. He's like he he didn't perform well at he didn't perform well at the Dolphins. He's not performing well at the Jets. And like wh- where was he at Cole before? Before Why, the Dolphins. you know he was in Chicago before the Dolphins. Why you 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 knew that he was in? I mean, I'm just, just asking, always got to go with throwing shots at my city now, man. No, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, just, I'm just asking the question because it's like was he was was like I understand like they had that one good year or whatever, but is it was he there when Trubisky went to the uh, Pro Bowl? No, nah, he wasn't there that then. Yeah, no, he yet. was in Miami. He was in Miami, but it just it just uh, he was with Cutler. Yeah, Cutler. See, yeah. See, like he Fantastic. had a, a yeah. Keller wasn't great, but he had a great arm. You know what I'm saying? So he, that kind of yeah, saved Adam Gates. You know, but I, I just, it's, some people need to be gone and, and don't deserve another chance. And, you know, three strikes you out, but he got two and he needs to be out. It's like, he, he's over with for him. Like, he needs, you need to, you know, after this season, the Jets, 
they they need to go a different direction or something, man. It's too many good coaches out here that's yeah. assistants. It's too many coaches in college. It's too many coaches in high school and little league out here that 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 coach better than Gates. Yeah, if you're Adam Gates, though, you have to be like, hold on a second. They, they're keeping me here so we can continue to lose games. I mean, you think that'd have to be a point of pride and be like, you know what? I'm going to go out here and I'm going to use all my knowledge to, to win one of these football games or at least a few of them and muddy up their plans because at the end of the year, they're going to get rid of the dude anyway if they're going by the blueprint that they've set forth, at least so far. And you talked about how Adam Gates was in Chicago before he spent time in Miami. And that's just going to lead us right back to where I'm at right now because Matt Nagy, after getting his teeth kicked in by the Green Bay Packers, uh, on, on Monday night football or on Sunday night, excuse me. I mean, he went out there and said, hey, you know, uh, we got to friggin' get better. And I, I, I just feel like it, I need to hear more, more, more cuss words out of him. I mean, when you get stomped out like that and, you know, everyone should take a look in the mirror and we should, we got to get our tails in gear. We got friggin' smacked and blah, blah, blah. I, it, uh, when your job's on the line and your team and sense of pride is right there out in front of you, and Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers absolutely stole. It's all right. I mean, it, this this is a, a game played by grown men. If you want to go out there and, and use a few words that you need to put a few bucks in the swear jar, Ryan, sometimes you have to do that. I, I, right now, if I'm in that Chicago locker room, I just can't get behind Matt Nagy right now. I'm sorry, Matt Nagy. I need to hear a few cuss words out of you. I can't get behind him either because I Come really on. think I really think he's destroying y'all team. Um, and the reason I say that, I feel like the guys don't trust them. Um, the defense, they don't seem like they trust the offense to, to perform anymore because y'all defense is one of the top in the league. And now they're performing uh, like they're not, you know, top 10 anymore. It just, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't look good to me. You can tell that the team is really not standing behind their coach. I honestly don't feel that Mitch Trubisky is that bad of a quarterback. And Nick Foles is that bad of a quarterback. I just don't feel that the system that he has doesn't work well with his players. I feel that he doesn't find out what his players do well and try to work with it. I feel that he tries to do what he wants to do and wants to win with that. And if he doesn't win, uh, it's, it's my way or the highway. And you you see with bad coaches, when you do my way or the highway, it's, it's, it's you on the highway. And I feel like he's going to be on the highway soon. Yeah, talent evaluation and, and play calling ability, not really in Matt Nagy's wheelhouse right about now, Caitlin. Yeah, no, it, it's weird because he's kind of, you know, created his own mess in a sense. Because when when you look back at, I don't know if you guys saw it, but Caitlin Collard from Bleacher Report, she had that whole article about how, you know, the Bears came about, you know, picking Mitch Trubisky over, you know, Patrick Mahomes. and Got Sean hustled Watson. by John Lynch. John Lynch, the hustler. <laughs> uh, sorry, to hurt, sorry to bring it up again, Cole. But, you know, like... He Nagy came into the job. There's a quote from it where he says he evaluated the quarterbacks in 2017 uh, when he was Kansas City's offensive coordinator. But he took the job in Chicago knowing Mitch Trubisky was the future. And look at that first year. They had great offensive success. The dude's an offensive minded coach. But over the past two, three years where your defense has performed at an elite level, it's been the offense and particularly your quarterback where you've. It's been the reason for your demise at this point and for him to, you know, have to get rid of, you know, deciding, hey, he's not going to call plays anymore this season. Uh, he did that a few weeks ago, I believe. But, you know, the office is still not in sync. It doesn't look any better. And for someone whose pedigree and background is being, you know, based on what the office is able to do, you're wasting away a good defense that is honestly all pro caliber group, arguably the best in the league. Mm -hmm. With, you know, spoiling it with the offense that's completely inefficient and can't do anything successfully. So it, it really comes down to what Nagy chose to do and 
really he's kind of made his own bed in this sense. And yeah. we'll mm-hmm. see if they decide to roll with them moving forward. Yeah, it's funny because it, it, those two coaches in the hot seat at one and two are uh, guys that everyone's deemed offensive geniuses. Adam Gase, offensive genius. His job probably won't be there at the end of the year. <laughs> Matt Nagy, offensive genius. Chicago Bears, I mean, they've rushed for over 100 yards as a team just this last game for the first time since week three. Not great. Now, when it comes to a guy that no one's put that genius label on, we're going to go down to Duval County and Kalen Doug Marone, what we've seen out of him. You know, it's not necessarily 100% his fault. I mean, this is a team that just a few years ago, they were one game away from being in the Super Bowl and all that talent. It's not playing elsewhere. Who, who, who fault is it, Cole? That's not that's not Doug Marone's fault. Like I, like I was saying, like it, there has to be some of the guys who are the chess masters in the offices. Whether it's it's Shad Khan, it's 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 someone who's making a lot of these moves down there. And like like I was saying, it's it's not Doug Marone. I know he gets to have maybe a little bit of input on some think, of these moves. You know, I think with Doug Marone, I think it's him and Coughlin when they they just try to be sticklers on every single thing. And that got their best players up out of there. And obviously you can't win if you don't have any good players. And I'm not saying that guys in Jacksonville aren't good. You know, they, they have BJ Charles, they have Robinson. You know, I don't know who their quarterback is right now because, uh, you know, they're, they're switching up. You know, at first it was going to mint you. Then... It's a turn turnstile. Yeah, it's Jake turnstile. <laughs> but the thing is with me is, like, with Matt Nagy, it was like my way or the highway with calling offenses. With Doug Marone, is my way or the highway, like, with people in general. Like, you have to do exactly what I say here. And I feel like their team is discombobulated because they drove out all their best players because they were trying to tell them how to be men. And I feel like at the end of the day, football is a job to a lot of people, but at the end of the day, they still love their job, but they don't want to be treated like kids. And some coaches treat their players in the pro level as if they're college players. And I feel that comes most in Jacksonville. You know, they try to be so business-oriented, strictly by the book, doing it just like I tell you to do it. And I feel when they do things that way, it's harder for you to keep really good guys there. And when you don't have good guys, it's hard to win. So I think that's one reason that they're sticking with Del Marone is because that they understand that they don't have any talent anymore. But I don't feel like they're going to keep any talent if they're going to continue to, to have that type of atmosphere there because guys aren't going to choose to go there. If guys know, hey, these dudes are assholes, I can't even wear my, you know, I can't even be on my phone in the locker room, which is, this is my safe place. They're like, why would I want to go there? Like, I, 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 like people won't, you don't, you don't see that you can succeed. People will go there if they're winning, but you're losing. So if you're losing and you're an asshole, it's like, I'm not about to go there. So, like, I feel that's the biggest thing with Doug Marone. I don't think he's a bad coach. He always has a pretty decent defense. But I feel like just their atmosphere that they have there is going to keep players from not going there. And it's going to always just keep him on a hot seat because they're not going to – their team is not going to be good. Like, they're they're just not going to be a good team because it's just guys aren't going to want to be there. Yeah, Doug Marone, he's an, he's an everyman. His favorite food is a bologna sandwich. And the Jacksonville Jaguars, if uh, they were uh, an, an item on a menu of a five-star restaurant, well, they would be a bologna sandwich too right about now <laughs> because uh, they're not playing like they need to. Another team 
that isn't living up to that hype and that therefore their coach might be on that hot seat, Kalen. It's it's Anthony Lynn. Now, Justin Herbert, you know, he's he's putting some some numbers together that could be some of the best that we've ever seen of a rookie play caller. But if if I had to go out on a limb and say Anthony Lynn's future, would, would you bet the house on it of him being the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers and, and being the coach that ushers that Justin Herbert career into the next level? I, I don't think he's going to be that guy, man. Whoa. Um Man, it's a fair question. You know, and what stinks is because, you know, they've unearthed, you know, really what ended up being a gem. I I don't really question, you know, Lynn, you know, taking his time with with Justin Herbert, because literally I watched him all the time in college at Oregon and I wasn't convinced he was going to be a star from the get go. So I, I don't think that's the biggest question point. It's really when you look at the season two, the Chargers have been competitive in every single game they played. But I, I think it's the games where they've lost that have really cost them. Because look at all those he, close they, losses. That's what Anthony I mean, Lynn, that's what against, he's doing. Against, but it's against the good team or against the bad teams that are more suspect than anything. Because look at they were competing against the Bucks. They were competitive against the Chiefs. They've been competitive against the Saints. And you can you can live if you choked away leads against those three teams. Look, at, you could probably say you can live with that. But against the Jaguars, they barely won that game. They nearly blew it against the Jets. And then against the Broncos, they ended up blowing it. And I'm not sure if, you know, the ridiculousness of all of these one-score games, I think I saw a stat where they were 3-16 and 16 in one-score games over the past two seasons. Mm. I don't know if it's going away until they figure out their close, you know, close game management. You know, we, we've seen a couple of screw-ups from both Lynn and his staff down the stretch over a lot of these games this season. And really, it, it was accentuated last week against the Bills, where you had that, uh, miscue on the timeout call uh, early in the fourth quarter and then late in, late in the game where he had that whole Hail Mary QB sneak miscommunication and look it maybe you could have the excuse of this team went through a lot of injuries there's been a lot of rotation and the fact that they didn't have a, a complete offseason to get everything fully installed but we're in week 12 and these are you know coaching errors that should not be you know undoing uh, uh, you know the Chargers games they're they're the margin for air is really slim with los angeles but until lynn gets it together this the potential for that team is always going to be capped even with justin herbert playing quarterback yeah this is the longest one week in an nfl season in the history of the league with that uh that steelers and ravens game being pushed of course to wednesday and uh you know anthony lynn right i want to i want to get your take because we've seen him lose so many close games but we've also seen the way that justin herbert's been playing in that rookie campaign do you think that they're going to give him and herbert the keys to to that franchise together are they going to be able to walk hand in hand in that sunset i honestly feel like they'll give him one more one more year the reason i feel that the reason i feel that is because they see that they're always in every game like like kaden was saying and to me, it's just I, I don't I, I hate when when young quarterbacks just constantly going through quarterbacks. When when young quarterbacks being through coaches, when young quarterbacks mm-hmm. going through coaches back and left and right, it's really hard for them to be successful because at the end of the day, the, the ownership is really telling them we don't trust one guy. Um, Lynn, they had a, a, a successful season, you know, earlier on when he was the coach, but then the last two years has been up and down. But nobody expected them to come out this year and be on fire, you know, because they had Tyrod at the beginning of the year and then Herbert came in and he's he's playing out of his mind. But nobody came in here expecting them to win a division, you know. So uh, it just it just throws everybody off because they're winning every game and then they end up losing it. So that's why everybody's like, oh, he deserves to get fired. At the end of the day, this is the NFL. You, you don't just, 
you don't get a, a award for being a runner-up. But I think that if next year, um, him and the quarterback, they understand he understands what he has now, and they're going to have to they're going to figure out this uh, close game situations because if they don't, he's, he's going to be out of here next year for sure. Because last last game, obviously they still were down ten towards the end of the game, but they were well in, in range to win that game, and it just he can't be having the the miss. Uh, the clock management that he's been having because that's that's really been hurting his team a lot. Uh, but I think I don't think he's as bad as a coach as the three coaches that we said before. Me personally, yeah. so yeah. and when you really look at it, I don't see a whole lot of candidates that are going to become great coaches. I see one. I see one for sure, and and, and that's that's Bellamy in in uh, Eric Kansas. Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, Bieniemy. I'm sorry, not Bellamy. Eric, Eric B for president. That's the the one I see. But the thing is, it's a lot easier to be the number one candidate when you have my homeboy at quarterback. Yep. Yep. I mean, Matt Nagy had him, though, for just a a, a short spell. This we know. I mean, obviously, it was during the the year he was not the starter at Alex Smith. But you you just look at, you know, what some of these guys may be able to do. Eric Bieniemy. I mean, we, we've seen him, you know, year after year, be able to, you know, work his magic with Kansas City. You know, I, I, I can't say I've been knowing about him for forever, but, you know, he was uh, Maurice Jones-Drew's running back coach at UCLA. So I always heard MJD talk about, man, this guy, Eric Bieniemy, man, he's off the chart. Like, just wait, just wait until he gets his chance. And finally, he's gotten his chance. We've seen what he's been able to do. And, uh, you know, that, that, that makes me move because, you know, we're doing this, this top five, coaches on the hot seat and, and it seems as if you know one guy was able to slide down to number six and the guy who was in six at least to me moved up into that fifth position because Mike Zimmer ahead of the season you know a lot of people said if this isn't the year for the Minnesota Vikings who knows what what fate may hold for Mike Zimmer Mike Zimmer y- your seat has cooled off just a little bit because Doug Peterson after what he exhibited last night in that loss I mean, it was late in the fourth quarter. He had the opportunity to go ahead and get some points on fourth down. What does he do? He tries to go for a touchdown. And what happens? I mean, they get punched right squarely in the mouth, Ryan. That that can't happen. Doug Peterson, there's a lot of questions right now when it comes to that play call. I have a question. If okay. you had a choice, which team is better, the Eagles or the Chargers? Oh, the, I take the Chargers take all the day Chargers, long. So. Chargers all day long. Both 100% healthy. Chargers all day long. Chargers. Yep. I'm all still right. taking the Chargers. So who do you think is a better coach, Anthony Lynn or Doug Peterson? I'd still say Anthony Lynn. You say Anthony Lynn? Yeah, I'd still take Anthony Lynn. I, you know, well, I would I but, would like to say but, Anthony Lynn, but the fact that Doug Peterson has won a Super Bowl, I mean, you, you, sometimes you can't go against that. It's to there, get to there, that mountaintop. You know, there's 32 head coaches that try to do it yeah. every single year, and only, Doug, only one can do so. Doug Peterson, he's a great offensive coach, right? Great offensive coach. <laughs> but I mean, are these rhetorical questions or are you really wanting an answer here? <laughs> but this, Doug Peterson was considered a great offensive coach when he became the coach. But what led him to that championship was not offense. It was strictly defense. And their defense is really weak right now. And his quarterback is playing really bad. And they, you could be the best coach in the world. Imagine if Patrick Mahomes just fell off a cliff and started playing terrible. Watch now, your mouth. Don't don't watch your mouth now, Ryan. No, no. Patrick Mahomes is not going to do that. Patrick, <laughs> okay. Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes is not going to do that. But I'm just saying, like, he he had an MVP year, and then um, and then now imagine he ended up playing like Carson Wentz. 
now everybody's going to be like, man, Andy Reid needs to be fired. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I can't, I can't stop this dude from throwing all these damn interceptions. <laughs> like, I you know, but, and they, but he still does. He, he needs to uh, pay his quarterback in better positions, though. Um, I, and to me, I feel like he could have handled the situation better last night. Carson Wentz, he wasn't having a good game, man. I feel like they should at least put Jalen Hurts in there just to see what they have because they're still in the mm. running. For the, they're still in the running. It hurts for mm. me to say that. It hurts for me to say that uh-huh. because I know you want. I know you said that Jalen was going to start by the end of the year. Uh, I'm still going to rock with Carson, but he's playing bad, man. I feel like they have to put somebody else in there to, to show you, like, hey, we don't need you. And when when you show guys we don't need you, it's either they're going to bend or break. And I feel that would let Carson – you'll see Carson come back out and start performing better. But as long as Carson's making over $20 million a year and he's the starting quarterback and has over 18 turnovers, it's like, yo, I'm going to play – I'm gonna play quarterback the way I've been playing. Y'all, y'all not threatening to put nobody else in here. They put Jalen Hurts in. He throw one pass, get six yards, and they take him out. It's just like, like, like I feel like he has to understand, like how to not manipulate. We can, we your can win without you. Yeah, we can like. win without you, and then it really like puts fire into you. Like I remember when I played, um, in my second year, I I was having a decent game, but coach coach went in the meeting and just told the whole team. Hey, Ryan's playing like shit right now. I'm about to put Ryan and Vince and Spence on a rotation. And we're going to f- figure out who performed better. That year, I finished the season off with f- five picks. Yeah, that, like, that, yo, that lit the fire. Yeah, that lit the fire. Yeah. I'm like, yo, I'm not, I'm not about to do this again. Like, I'm, like, Vince is my dog, and me and Vince end up being running mates. But I was like, I, I can't, I can't, like, you, you can't put me in a situation where it's me or you. Because if it's me or you, I'm always going to, Bet on sure. black. I'm always gonna bet on myself. You know, <laughs> he went passenger fifty seven. <laughs> Wesley snipes on him. <laughs> hey, and, and, and the thing is, Vince would do the same thing, and I feel like Carson would do the same thing. But Carson's, if, if imagine Carson Wentz sitting on the bench and see Jalen Hurts throw for two hundred, he's gonna be over there like, "Nah, I can yeah. do that." And he's gonna go in there and, and play like he played before. But now he's over there just worried because he recently got hurt. He was like, I mean, not recently got hurt, but he keep getting hurt, and he's like, ah. I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna you know soak in and just just play quarterback. We still in the champ. We still got a chance to win a division. If we win it with six wins, we still win it. It doesn't really matter. Like that's the kind you you see. That's the type of like atmosphere it seems like they have over there. But if if like coach 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 Tomlin, if that was if that was uh like not Ben, but if that was like because because uh, Carson Wentz is still young, but Carson Wentz is really young. And they have another young guy that they got in the second round. Yep. If Carson's it's t- playing, time to make that move. Hey, hey, yeah. you, hey, you're going in. You're going in. We're gonna see what you're working with. If you, if you, if you, if you ask to, then we're paying Carson back in there. But hey, we just gotta, we gotta figure something out. We, we can't, we can't just keep messing around. Like our, our season's at jeopardy. Because at the end of the day, once you get in the playoff, anybody can win. Obviously, nobody in the NFC is gonna win shit in the playoffs. But, but that's just the motto. If you get in, I have a chance. Yeah. And, and, uh, uh, Caitlin, I don't know if you, if you heard the conversation earlier in the season, I think it might've even been before the season kicked off, but I said that, uh, Carson Wentz by season's end would be holding the clipboard and Jalen Hurts would indeed be the starter. And, you know, we, we talked about it before even the show ramped up. I said, it, mm-hmm. let's take it back just a few years. If you were recruiting these guys as college quarterbacks in what world, in what universe would Carson Wentz start over Jalen Hurts? 
And my answer was in, in no world, in no universe. And right now, I think it's, it's loyalty, Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz. You know, I, I want to give you the benefit of the doubt because looking at what a guy like Jalen Hurts was able to do collegiately, to go to Alabama, to face an adverse set of situations, go to Oklahoma, thrive there, and then be a second-round draft pick. That could have been a number one, a first-round draft pick, rather. This is the guy who's just waiting, buying his time. When he gets his opportunity, I think that he's going to make this Philadelphia Eagles team a much better ball club. Hey, Ken, no, I want to say one thing, my fault. If you, look yeah, at you can... if you look at physicals, I'm taking Carson Wentz over Jalen Hurts. I'm just yeah. sorry, but I'm going to let Kayla go back. Uh, okay. No, no, no. I mean, that, and I'm that's what some, we were I'm talking about. I'm going to do some digging while, while Kayla expresses his points. <laughs> that's, what we were, that's what we were talking about before the show, right? Like, we were talking about how it... My point is, if it was a blank sheet of paper, if I had no clue who either guy was, and I'm sure, you know, forgive me for not knowing Carson Wentz's collegiate stats, I'm sure the completion percentage and everything else is great. But if I see two national championship appearances, one win, and then also going to Oklahoma and beating out another first round pick in Kyler Murray for his starting position at quarterback, I mean, Jalen Hurts is a winner. So, I mean, there's definitely right. reason to believe that, you know, whenever he gets this chance at the NFL, there's a chance that he succeeds at some point. I mean, we even saw Tim Tebow do it at the NFL level. So, I mean, but to, to the point of whether or not they should play Jalen Hurts, it's really confusing for me figuring out what the Eagles' direction is. Because, you know, like you guys mentioned, the playoffs are definitely in play for Philadelphia. And you would think that Doug Peterson at this point would determine that, hey, Carson Wentz is the reason that the Eagles are not playing well. Their defense has been solid. And even last night, they held uh, Seattle. They, they forced them you know, the stall out a few times within the red zone, they've been decent. They were entered the, the week ranked 13th in football outsiders DVOA metric, which is pretty solid, you know, all circumstances considering. The offense, however, Carson Wentz has performed at, he's been one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. If you look at every statistical category across the board, he hasn't been there. So you have to question whether or not the Eagles really want to either, you know, kind of stick with Wentz and understand that nothing is changing or turn to the rookie quarterback that supposedly was worth the first round pick almost and at least a second round investment and see if he can provide a spark for your team because they have a, a chance, you know, potentially do something with this defense. And, you know, if they can ever figure out their, their options on the outside, maybe give all Sean Jeffrey a little bit less time, more Travis Fulgham moving forward. Yeah. But I, I, I don't understand what the direction or what, Billy, or at least Doug Peterson is deciding to do because it's very cliche, but it's a QB league and Carson Wentz has not been it. Yeah, well, Ryan's going with Carson Wentz because Wentz is six foot five and Hurts is only six foot one. And uh, I, I, I'm, his arm is I'm better. Getting, his arm I'm, is better. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, it, it, how, how much better, though? I mean, is the it arm strength? Is like, it, arm strength. Yeah, I mean, is it the, the accuracy? Because last no. night, I mean, he had a he had a I saw him just overthrowing guys. He looked like Jay, like a young Jameis Winston out there. No disrespect to Jameis Winston, but you know, obviously that's before he got that LASIK surgery and before he was, you know, forced to hold a clipboard down there in New Orleans. But you know, Carson Wentz, even when he had time, everyone was saying, "Oh, it's the offensive line. That's why things aren't getting." I yeah, saw his, him. Pat, his line looked terrible last night. His line they did, terrible. but he, he didn't look great either. That yeah, pocket when, when it when it was there. I mean, I'm seeing him, look, look, survey, survey, pat, 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 and then pow, pow, and then he takes that hit. You, you can't do that. You can't waste all that time. If you know that you only have four seconds, three seconds to get a playoff, then try to get a playoff in a second and a half, two seconds. That's not what, what? we're seeing right now from Carson Wentz or Doug Peterson. What Nick Foles said about Matt Nagy, man, I look at these plays and I know I ain't going to have enough time. It, it, it sounds like it, what we're what we're saying but, about Philadelphia is the same thing that we said in weeks past about Chicago. No, hundred percent. I just I don't 
Carson Wentz, he's just he's a great player, you know, and he has a lot of potential. But I just think ever since he got hurt, he just hasn't been the same player. And I don't know. I just to me, I, I, I'm a fan of Carson Wentz. I think he could be good, but I, I am a believer of you have to kind of scare sometimes. Sometimes you have to scare good players to become great players. And you know, because at the end of the day, I feel like even with Patrick Mahomes and and Alex Smith. Patrick Mahomes seen I me. Mean, Alex Smith seen Patrick Mahomes practicing every single day. He was like, "Damn, this dude is." Uh, yeah, I, be- I better and, get on it. <laughs> yeah, and, but but the thing is, if you really look at Alex Smith before he got traded, he was performing extremely well. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. obviously he wasn't Patrick Mahomes, but he sees like, "Hey, man, I can't let this dude touch the field." You know, like with me, I was like, "Man, I can't let this dude touch the field." I mean, I can't let these guys touch the field because I gotta, I gotta perform. I remember when Le'Veon seen James Conner go for 100, the next week, Le'Veon's like, man, I'm about to go for 150. You know, like, and, like when, when AB seen Juju go crazy, AB was like, nah, I need, I need to go crazy. You know, like, yeah. I feel like sometimes quarterbacks need that. Like, when we drafted Mason, Ben was like, oh, no, I'm about to, let's go. I'm, you know, and then yeah. he seen how things looked the last year. He's like, I'm 100%. Hey, don't even think about putting Mason back in this goddamn game. You know what I'm saying? Like, because y'all y'all need me. Like, if if Carson go out there and see a, they might not need me or they do need me, he could come back and be like, man, y'all not about to keep me on this bench. Like, because being on the bench, that's not a good feeling. You know what I'm saying? So, and I, I know it's a lot of guys that are trying to work their way up, but even younger guys, when they get that opportunity, they're trying to go out there and ball. And Jalen Hurts going to go out there and try to ball. And like you said, he's a winner. But and he might not even be the best quarterback. Drew Brees don't have the best arm, but he considered one of the best quarterbacks of all time. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, and they like, if Jalen Hurts can go out there and ball, but I feel like if Jalen Hurts go in there, it will put some type of fire behind Carson Wentz. Because even if you start Jalen and he gets you to the playoffs, do you start Jalen next year? Mm, no. If they get to, no, if they don't. But I, I just, well, with the way that the, the division is looking, that 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 could be a conclusion that that is something that, that comes to because we, we've seen how they won the division last year at nine and seven. This is, it's not going to be the hardest division for them right. to win. But Ryan, like you said, though, it, it's funny because when you take a look at all guys that have, have had Hall of Fame careers, I, I think outside of Chris Carter, you don't see a guy start off, not play great, and then hit stride a little bit later into his career, especially at the quarterback position. I, I don't think that Carson Wentz is going to be that guy who has that renaissance and plays like he once did when he was that MVP candidate, when he he, he played those Eagles to 13 wins that season. They went on to win a Super Bowl. But I, I just don't think that, that Carson Wentz is that guy right now for that team. And, and Doug Peterson, you know, I think when it comes to that hot seat of those coaches, I think that Doug Peterson is the one coach of those guys that we named that may have a job next year. And Ryan, if, if I'm wrong, then, then call me out. But Adam Gase, Matt Nagy, Doug Marone, Doug Peterson, and Anthony Lynn. I, I think Peterson might be the last man standing. I'm not gonna lie. I feel that the last three still might have a job. Doug mm-hmm. Marone, Anthony Lynn, and Doug Peterson. I, okay. Doug Peterson, yeah. I feel he's gonna have a job because he won a Super Bowl. So when people win Super Bowls, you give them a, a, a longer leash than you would give anybody else. Um, Anthony Lynn, the reason I feel like he'll keep a job is because he has a young core, and not a young core, but he has a really good team. And I, I feel like if you bring the wrong guy in there, if they don't get Airbnb or they don't get a really good coach, 
that team is going to get destroyed. Like, you know, and it's going to really mess up Justin Herbert. So I really feel like he'll get one more chance. The reason I feel Doug Marone is going to stay is because it just, I have no inclination that he's going to get fired. I just don't see he's going to get fired. I think it, like, they just like, hey, we're just going to rebuild from the draft and just figure things out here. That's, that's how I, the first two, they need to get fired. They need yeah. to be up out of there. They no. need to be right, right next to Matt Patricia. Like that's what they need to be. <laughs> like they need. Yeah, they, <laughs> Matt Patricia's right now at a computer somewhere, listening to this podcast, updating his LinkedIn page. Be like, oh man, I can't believe this. With You're a pencil, with a pencil in his with, deal, yeah, exactly. using a computer, trying to write on the touch screen because <laughs> just like a laminated uh, play sheet, you, you can't do that either. But uh, uh, Kalen, when it comes to those guys that are on that hot seat, what, what do you say? Ryan says the back three on the top five will still be gainfully employed. I, I don't know. Doug Peterson, maybe Anthony Lynn. That's all I'm seeing right now. Yeah, exactly. I think Marone is a toss-up. And it, it's weird because the Jaguars just fired the GM, David Caldwell. Yeah. So it, it it's like, is that, you know, a sign that, you know, they're just kind of riding it out with Marone, you know, the tank or figure out, figure, uh, finish wherever they end up in the draft and then move on from him in the offseason. But like Ryan was mentioning, the, the thing with that is, you know, Jaguars have a young core. They have some talented young players. It's like, do you want to hire another head coach and potentially, you know, screw up the continuity going into however 2021 looks as opposed to, you know, just sticking with what's going on right now and trying to right the ship. So if they can't find a better option, then, I mean, they might be SOL. Because, yeah. because the thing is, Del Marone loves, like, he's a defensive guy. And they have some really good pieces on defense over there that they're exactly. starting with. So, like, that's why I feel that he's not going to get fired. They just, they don't have a quarterback. And if you don't have a quarterback, it's it's hard to win, you know? So, um, I think that, uh, it, this hurts me to say this, but I, I really feel like I don't want him to go here, but he's going to go here. Um, but Justin Fields is probably going to go to Jacks, and, and I feel like that's going to turn things around. But I, mm. I, I just don't want to see my Ohio State guy go there. Like, I just don't. Wow. <laughs> I mean, the disappointment is, is real. Look, he's Brian just looks out the window like it's like he's a like B-roll, like, you know, a frustrated gentleman who who sees his college quarterback go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. We've got no, that B-roll. I just I just feel like I just feel like like all right, I'm sorry. Uh we have somebody, you know, on our team that's a, a huge Jacksonville fan, but uh I feel like that's just like yeah. a place of failure. Like I just I just don't see any a, a, a factory of sadness. A factory of sadness. Yeah. <laughs> well, I see, feel- they, but they were a quarterback away from you know making the Super Bowl. That was the thing. They have yeah. Blake Bortles. If they, yeah. had, if let's say of you know Justin Fields in that situation, I mean, no, no, you're right. But like their team, they had a really good defense then. Like their defense is still mm-hmm. young and it's not as good as that defense was. And right. the thing is, next year they could be. You know, they have they have Josh Allen, they have C.J. Henderson. Like they have mm-hmm. good pieces. They have Miles Jack. They have good pieces. But like their offense, they're gonna have to figure th- things out because Robinson's good. But do you think he's a, a a a number one running back? Do you guys think he's a number one running back? No, he's a, he's an auxiliary I mean, player. I mean, he's like you know top twenty. I mean, he's probably top twenty it's, in his position. And like, I know we're, we, we're, we're we're living in reality right here. But when you want to ask yourself <laughs> if a guy is good, if you need to win a game in fantasy football, and you know it hinges on your running back play. Are you going to go with him, Caleb? Oh, fa- fantasy football, absolutely, this season. <laughs> I mean, fantasy football. You're going to yeah. go with, uh, with the 20th rated running back in the league right now to, oh, to no, put I you thought, over I the thought, top? No, no, no. I thought you were talking about, like, fantasy football as in, like, who's giving me the most points. He's, like, oh. in top five of fantasy points. If, okay. if you're talking about, like, elite running backs, no, he's not in that tier yet. But I think the potential for him to be, you know, 
solid running back. You don't need an elite running back to win a Super Bowl. No, 100%. To be, but all I'm saying you is need you, quarterback. Need, you, you need a strong running game when you have a young quarterback because they're going to yeah, get a young quarterback. He's been solid. Okay. He's been right. solid. Or, or, or they might get Dak. You never know. You know, just never Ooh. know how things go. Hey. <laughs> all right. Or uh, Jimmy G. Do I don't know if Jim- that does anything. Do you think yeah. Jimmy G's going to stay in uh, San Fran? Oh, man. They're paying him a lot of money. Hey, so this we'll, is a different we'll, conversation. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. I, I feel like you know, we, we need to go a whole nother hour for that one right there. You know, But I do have one more point to make before we get out of here. Uh, the relationship down in sunny South Florida between uh, Tom Brady and Bruce Arians right about now, Ryan, it doesn't look to be as peachy keen as a lot of people would have thought it was going to be. To me, you know, Bruce Arians, I feel like he's a, a good offensive-minded coach, but it depends on who his quarterback. I feel he wants to use his system with every quarterback he has, and it doesn't work effectively for every quarterback he has. Tom Brady and Drew Brees' arms are like 40, 40-year-old and 43-year-old men arms. But, uh, well, hold on, man. I can still – hold on, player. How far can you throw it? How far can you throw it? I can throw a football probably 55, 60 yards right now. Yeah, Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, how far are you? How far do you need to be able to throw a football to play quarterback in the league? I'm, how many times you sit and look at that seventy-six yard strike downfield? I was just saying, I'm just saying, like, but you you definitely got a lot of air under that, so that means people definitely everybody's running underneath that. Oh no, you're hanging laundry on that sixty yards from me. It doesn't get it gets about ten feet high tops. <laughs> oh, on a rope. Oh, so you throw the whole on a rope? Way. Oh, the, the, that's, a, a rope. That, that's a baseball throw right there. That's yep, all the way yep. baseball. But all <laughs> I'm saying is like. You probably throw it forty five, but I, I was, you say fifty five. It's cool. Uh, so I let, I let. Wait, hey, hey. All I'm saying is, man, like their arms obviously aren't built to throw it like as if they're Josh Allen or if they're Patrick Mahomes, and that's the type of offense that he's trying to run with Tom Brady. And I don't feel like it's working as effectively. Obviously, Tom wants to throw in some of the things he do, but Tom in in New England would will kill you with five-yard routes. Five yards, five yards, five yards, five yards, five yards. And the thing is, the thing is with Tom, he doesn't get tired of it. He would do it the whole field, like the whole field until they score a touchdown. Bruce Arians, he's like Ben. And he's like Mahomes and Josh Allen. Like, I want to air this bitch out. Like, you know, like he wants to, <laughs> and like he wants to get his yards now. And like he, he tried to do it with Jameis, but Jameis obviously had 30 picks last year. And he's doing it with Tom, and Tom doesn't have the arm strength to do it. And when he does have the arm strength, he's overthrowing people. He's not a, he's not an accurate deep thrower. So I feel like Bruce Arians is still – like he has to understand what, what works really well for the quarterback he has who's 20 years in the league and not just do what he wants to do. I feel like he can mix in what he wants to do sometimes, but I think that him trying to force his playbook is what's causing – some of the tension over there. And obviously they're going to stay in every game. When you go uh, depth chart to depth chart, they're going to be in every game with everybody. But when it comes to just X and O's, I feel all the good coaches are going to find a way to beat them because they understand that what Tom Brady can and can't do and 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 what Bruce Arian wants to do. And they're just going to allow Bruce Arian to do what he wants to do, but take away what Tom Brady can't do and that resorts to interceptions. Kalen, can the GOAT and the quarterback whisper, can they get it together with five games left, man? What say you? Uh, I, I'm not sure if they can. I'm still, I, I hate not having an answer for you, but I don't. Because I sincerely feel, you know, it's, it's true. The best coaches adapt their system to their players. Mm-hmm. 
And to this point, we're 12 weeks in. I know they didn't have an offseason, but Bruce Arians has not adapted his system. Like Ryan was saying, this is a very aggressive downfield system where you have a quarterback who loves hitting your short and intermediate stuff. And they haven't adjusted at any point, which is confusing to me because, you know, the whole purpose of this marriage was, you know, go all in within this year and maybe next year. And for Bruce Arians to not, you know, accommodate the star player that he added to make everything work. So that's maximized. I mean, that's the thing. The Buccaneers sometimes are able to overcome offensively that that lack of chemistry. But when it comes to the playoffs against these teams like the Saints, I guess he seems like the Packers. I, I mean, they, there's been, you know, the Jekyll and Hyde performances, mm-hmm. but it, it, until they decide to streamline their game plan and accommodate for what they have, you're going to keep seeing this, you know, sort of unknown Buccaneers scene because their potential is clearly there, but the chemistry isn't. And that's the problem. That's why it's so unclear about what they, what, whether or not they're going to figure it out. Yeah, there's so many tools and there's so many pieces of the puzzle when it comes to that winning equation. But it would be like if someone gave me a bunch of lumber, cement, a pop, bunch of power tools and say, hey, go build me a house. Like, hey, 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 exactly. I, that's, that's not what I do. I, I'm not willing to adapt that style because I don't build houses. And right now, that's what we're seeing. Bruce Arians not adapting to Tom Brady's style and they're not able to build that championship house, at least so far. That's where we're at with five games left to go. Now, guys, that's going to do it for this Tuesday edition of the Ringer NFL show alongside Ryan Shazier and Kalen Jones. I'm Cole Wright. And as always, we're part of that Ringer podcast network and you can follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. You can also check us out over on Twitter at the Ringer NFL. Next Tuesday, we're going to be back as always. And on next Wednesday on the Ringer NFL show, it's Warren Sharp and Chris Vernon. It's the week that keeps on giving week 12 thoughts, analytics, and betting insights. And I'm sure they're going to touch maybe just a little bit on week 13 and what lies ahead. We'll see you next week.